Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. We continue today with our study of the first book of Milachim, the first book of Kings. We are in the middle of chapter 1. We are about to read chapter 15. At this point, the succession of the kingdom is at stake. David is lying in bed, attended to by the young woman, Avishag. And David is... um, not saying anything, not speaking anything, not acting as a parent towards his child Adonia, who has uh, begun what is kind of the third rebellion against David in his lifetime, where without the permission of the king, Adonia declared himself the king's successor, and he brought the powerful uh, general Yoav and the, uh, the very high-ranking Kohen priest, Eviatar and the rest of the royal family, with the exception, the notable exception of Solomon, who was his primary contender to the throne. Nathan, not, not uh, the prophet, or Nathan, has now uh, given uh, Bathsheba a plan that the two of them are going to work together to try to get David to act and declare Solomon the king. So, Batovo Bathsheba el Bathsheba came to the king into his chamber, his, his room. <coughs> the king was very old. And Avishag, the woman from Shunam, was serving the king. This image of her walking in while he is being attended to by this beautiful woman, it's, it's hard to imagine. I mean, one, one, it's, it's like it asks us to imagine what kind of emotions would have been going through Bacheva's mind. Bacheva, um, uh, ha- having been described as a woman of incredible beauty herself, who was taken uh, from her husband and brought into the relationship with David, who is now advocating for his son, for her son, knowing that if. Um, if Solomon is not declared king, as she had been promised, then her life, her son's life, will be over, and all of that would pretty much be on David's uh, responsibility. Um, and it's just, it's just hard to imagine what kind of emotions must have been going through her mind. So Vatikod Batsheva, Batsheva bowed down to Vatishtachu Amelach and bowed to the king. Bayomer Amelach Malach, and the king said to her, "What's up?" What's, what's with you? What's going on? Right? So that's the first words we hear from David in this, in this chapter so far. Matomerlo, and she said to him, Adoni, my master, You swore to your maidservant, in other words, to me, by the, God, by the Lord your God, that your son Solomon is going to be the king after you die. And he will be the one that sits upon my throne. That's what you promised me. Viata, <coughs> and now It's Adonia who has now become the king that succeeds you. Viata, and now Adonia And you don't even know about it. Like, where are you? You're an absentee. It's this is so important the way she said to him, and you don't even know about it. Like, where are you? What are you doing? This is, you need to get up and do something. He's brought all these sacrifices and made a whole big feast 
uh, bring, bringing uh, uh, cows and fattened calves and sheep from many, many numbers of them. He brought the entire king's family, and Eviatar, the priest, and Yoav, the, the chief general. However, he did not call Shlomo your servant. So clearly, I and Shlomo are slated for something really bad if you pass on without doing something soon. Viata and you, Adoni Amelach, my master, the king, Yisrael Alecha. This verse here is really important. She says, "The eyes of Israel are upon you. You still have the power. You're not just an old man lying in bed with nothing to do. You still have the power. You're not just dying and helpless. People are still looking at you, right? They still want. They still respect you. They want to hear what you have to say." to tell them, Stop acting like you're powerless and that you're a victim of, of everything that happens around you just because of your guilt and start acting like a king and doing what you're supposed to do. Right? They're waiting for you to tell them. And if you don't say anything, it'll ha- what will happen when you die and let rest with your fathers? I and my son Shlomo will be considered uh, um, uh, enemies of the state, and and you know what happens to us then. And at this point, why she is while she is still speaking with the king, suddenly Now Nathan the prophet comes. So remember, we haven't heard David's response yet. <coughs> Before he even has a chance to respond to her, Nathan comes in to further push him into action. So one would imagine that possibly David was thinking, well, you know, what should I say? What should I do? Maybe I should say, what should I answer? Comes Nathan, the prophet, and he says, And it was announced to the king as Nathan is walking into the chambers. Here, they announced, here is Nasan, the prophet, is coming. And he walked in before the king. And he bowed. With his face to the ground. Vayomer Nasan. And Nasan said, Adoni Amelach, my master of the king. Ato Amarta Adoniyahu Yimlocha Haroi. Have you said <coughs> that Adoniyahu will be the king after me? Or actually, the way this is said is not so much in the question form. You have said, right? Uh, some, some of the translations are, you must have said. In other words, I, you know, I'm like blown away. I can't imagine that you said this. But you said this. And Nazan is again trying to impress upon him that you're not doing anything. We're figuring out what you want based on what's happening. So I'm assuming, is it, could it possibly be that you're so, so um, um, ignorant of what's happening in your kingdom? You've withdrawn into yourself so much that you don't even know. Well, I can't imagine that. So it must have been you said it. That he's going to take over because everyone knows that he went down today, and he brought all these sacrifices, and he called and invited all of the king's family, and to the heads of the um, <coughs> army. And here he did not specify Yoav. He just said the heads of the army, and to Aviatar the priest, and they're eating and drinking and celebrating his coronation in front of him by Yomru. And they're saying, Yechi HaMelech Adonio, long live the king Adonio. Veli Ani Avdecha. 
However, some of us were not invited. I, your servant, and to Solomon, your servant, he did not call. So clearly, we are going to end up being the enemies. <coughs> if it is true that the king actually declared this, right? And um, and you just, just did not tell me, is it true that you had such an important declaration? And you never told me about it, <coughs> that you decided that Adonia should be the king without, without consulting with me. Now, um, it's interesting because this is Nathan the prophet speaking, but we have no indication that Nathan received this as a prophecy. He has no instruction from God as to what he's supposed to do. This is Nathan acting on his own in his capacity <coughs> as an advisor, as a religious advisor to the king. And here, this was enough to, to get the message across to David that he needed to act. And here is where we see that David wasn't so physically and mentally weak that he was lying in bed without the capability of doing anything. He still had some life left in him. And Bathsheba and Nasan knew that, and that what he needed was to be shaken into action. And the King David answered, and he said as follows, Bring Bathsheba close to me, bring her up to, to me. And she came before the king. And she stood before the king. And the king swore and he said, Chai <coughs> Adonai, long uh, as, as God lives, Asher Nafshi He <coughs> who saved me from all kinds of troubles. Just as I had promised you in the name of God, the King of Is- the, the God of Israel. That Shlomo, your son, will take over the kingdom after me. And he will be the one that inherits my throne and sits on my throne after I'm gone. That is what I am going to do today. Batsheva bowed to the ground. And she bowed to the king. And she said, May the king David live forever this is obviously a, a greeting uh, it's it's uh, it's obviously she already recognizes everyone recognizes it is they're not going to live forever but what she but the one gets the feeling that she's saying that by making this succession by declaring the successor and by appointing the proper successor solomon who is beloved of god someone who's going to rule with with wisdom and justice as opposed to the arrogant adonio that who knows what kind of kingdom he's going to build by doing this, the, the monarchy of the house of David will last forever because by taking this action, you will secure the monarchy for future generations as opposed to inaction where all chaos will break loose. And the King David said, Call me the Kohen, the priest who is loyal to me. David is acting like a king, issuing clear instructions. Call the prophet Nathan, and my my special the warrior and they all came before the king. And the king said to them, <coughs> these powerful, strong, and influential leaders, I want you to take with you all of the servants of your master. In other words, all of the people of the uh, king's court. 
And I want you to ride, uh, put Solomon, my son, on the the uh, mule, which is my mule, the the royals, the royal mule, and bring him down to Gichon, the spring of Gichon. And I want you to anoint him there. The Kohen, the priest, and Navi, and the prophet. You will anoint him as king over Israel. Remember, the one thing that Adoniah did not have was the prophet. The prophet was the one whose job it was to guide the king in the proper ways, to keep him humble, to keep him humble before God so that he acts properly and appropriately and rules properly. That's the one thing that the arrogant Adoniah did not have because he was not interested in living and ruling the way God wants him to rule with justice and righteousness. He just wanted the honor of all of ch- the, the horses and chariots and the, and the wealth and the partying with all the meat and everything that he was bringing. But this was a whole different ballgame. This is the Kohen and the Navi uh, anointing a different type of king. shofar, And you will blow on the shofar, on the ram's horn, and you will say, Shlomo, may the king Shlomo Solomon live. and you will go um, um, after him, you will march after after you do this ceremony at the Gihon Spring, you will come up to my home, in other words, the palace, with Shlomo Solomon leading the way on the king's mule, and he will then sit upon my actual throne. And he will be the one that takes over the kingdom after me. <coughs> and it is to him, him that I have commanded to be the ruler over Israel and Judah. Uh, noting that Israel and Judah are have been somewhat separate entities in many occasions, but now united uh, for under David and will remain united under Solomon. And it's interesting because in, in this plot here, this plan of David, the idea was simply by, right, David recognized that he still had the confidence of the people, right? All he needed to do was say what his wishes were, right? He didn't have to issue orders against Adonia or anything like that. He didn't have to send a raiding party of warriors against the, 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 against the people at the feast, he just had to simply say what he, um, which shows that uh, say what he wanted, and 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 appoint the proper ruler. It shows that David's grip on power was still strong. He wasn't just a weak man with no strength curled and in, in, up in bed. He was a person who was able to take charge. He was a person that was still respected by his country, by his people. He was still a leader, and he still had the ability to make this one last very important decision. And Benayo ben Yoyada, who is the military uh, 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 strong uh, uh, hero, and he said to the king, Amen. So says, um, so shall say, or so should say, God, the Lord of my master, the king. In other words, may God be with this plan so that we should carry it out. Just as God was together with King David, so shall God be with Solomon. And may he make great his throne, the throne of Solomon, 
even more greater, even greater than the throne of, master, of my master, the King David. This is <coughs> words which someone who really truly understands a parent knows and understands that the best blessing they can give the parent is that their son or their descendant, their child, should continue in their good ways and surpass them in greatness. This is the best blessing a person can give to a parent. <coughs> and one gets a glimpse of the wisdom of Ben Ayahu Ben Yoyada in his statement here, <coughs> how he wished this to David. And one gets to see that, um, that it was understood by, by the people that remained loyal to David. It was understood that the Spirit of God the, the, the justice, the spirit of justice, the wisdom and justice that the David stood for, the humility that David stood for, was something that's going to continue in Solomon, but not going to continue in Adoniah, which is why Benayo immediately stated that just as you, know, you live this way with God, so will your son. So we're going to stop here. This is, uh, uh, this is a long chapter, so I'm splitting it up into parts. Thank you so much for studying this portion of the first book of Kings, chapter 1b. Looking forward to studying the rest of this chapter with you in the next podcast, and of course, the rest of the entire book of Kings. Thank you so much, and have a wonderful day.